0: Hey, fellow sojourners, and welcome back to another edition of appropriate in the Culture. On today's episode, we delve into a conspiracy theory that the chosen is Mormon propaganda, and evaluate certain Christian takes on dramatizing the Bible. I'm Pastor Shane, and I'll be your dramatist today as we appropriate some culture. <laughs> So apparently the trailer for The Chosen Season 3, which is a television show centered on the ministry of Jesus, has come under attack because in it, they have Jesus shamefully quoting from the Book of Mormon. Here's a video that breaks it down for us.
1: The dissenter shared the trailer for Season 3 of The Chosen, and shockingly, Jesus quotes the Book of Mormon. If you do not renounce your words... We will have no choice but to follow the law of Moses. And I have to admit that I was really enjoying the trailer up till that point, even though I don't watch this show and can't recommend it after the review we did on it having so many issues. But then Jesus answers him. I am the law of Moses. But it was when Jesus said he is the law of Moses that raised my eyebrows. I don't remember that being stated anywhere in scripture because it's not. It's the book of Nephi in the book of Mormon where he actually says that he is the law. So what does the Bible say about Jesus and the law of Moses? Galatians 4 says that Jesus was born under the law to redeem those who were under the law. John 8 shows us that he was sinless under the law. Matthew 5 tells us that he came to fulfill the law. And those who are born again are now under the law of Christ, as Jesus tells us in John 13, and this is to love one another as he has loved us. Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life in John 14, and he fulfilled the law of Moses, but nowhere in the Bible did he claim to be the law. But these are the subtle things the enemy is doing to slowly take people off track from solid biblical truth.
0: Okay. He's not quoting the Book of Mormon. He's quoting Judge Dredd. I never broke the law. I am the law. Definitive proof. What say you, Dallas Jenkins? So number one, of course, I'm not quoting from Judge Dredd. I've never read the Judge book. Dredd. The
2: first time I spent too much time. Not to, I shouldn't take too much time. To, Any time on this was after people started saying I was quoting from Judge Dredd. So I checked it out and I'm like, actually, I'm not. It's not the same quote. But even if it was, it doesn't really matter. Um, because I still stand by uh, by the quote, um, you know, who also said the same thing, uh, Jesus, Charles Spurgeon, one of the great theologians of all time, uh, evangelical theologian who said, Christ is the law incarnate. And, uh, of course, no one came out and publicly was saying, Dallas Jenkins just took from Charles Spurgeon. Uh, but uh, here's the spoiler alert. Um, I wasn't taking from either of them. It's not that revolutionary of a concept, uh, which I'll explain in just a moment. Um, and... Uh, another thing is my consultants, you know, we have, uh, you know, a Messianic Jewish rabbi and a, uh, a evangelical scholar, New Testament scholar, and they read my scripts. I have pastors and I have friends and, and uh, who, who we take this stuff very, very seriously. And and anytime Jesus is speaking, we think, you know, we want to make sure that we reflect the character of Jesus in the Gospels. They had no problem with it. Um, and so when people are saying, uh, trying to explain to me why it's wrong, uh, d- trust me, we've already got, we've, we, we've already thought through these things. We take these things seriously in advance. Um, um, so when he says, I am, the law, I am the law, what you are trying to appeal to, that's me. I'm replacing what you put in your mind as the ultimate law. I am what you think is the law. Now, that's what Jesus is doing in this scene, and what's ironic about this controversy is that when you watch the entire scene, it's obviously taken from the time when Jesus is in Nazareth preaching in the synagogue, and uh, in this scene, in the show, it is by far the most explicit portrayal of Jesus asserting his lordship, asserting his sole role as savior, as as responsible for your salvation, that the show has ever had. It's him outright saying, your religion doesn't save you. Your law doesn't save you. Your traditions don't save you. Only I save you. And that's what's funny about this thing is that that scene, I believe, most people who watch it will actually be extremely excited about this because the Chosen is making such a bold assertion, quoting Jesus from the Gospels, uh, from that that famous scene uh, that takes place in Nazareth. And so when the Pharisees are in that moment are so horrified and shocked and saying, we're going to assert the law of Moses because the law of Moses says that false prophets must die. And Jesus is saying, I am the law of Moses. Now, he's not only saying, I am the fulfillment of the law of Moses, which I believe is similar to, if not the exact same thing as I am the law of Moses, but he's saying, I am your authority. I am asserting my lordship and my kingship, and that's why we stand behind the
0: line. All right, so The Chosen as a television show is not ever meant to be a replacement of Scripture. They obviously take creative liberties, and plenty of lines of dialogue from Jesus are not directly from Scripture. But Dallas's explanation is fairly reasonable, because when you look at Scripture, Jesus did say things like this, But do not think I will accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom your hopes are set. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But since you do not believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? But of course, this is not the first time people have complained about The Chosen. Here's another takedown.
2: Right off the bat, I want to make something very clear. The Chosen is a narrative show, which means it's not a documentary. It's also not a church. It's not a nonprofit ministry. It's not formally connected to a denomination or faith tradition. And it's absolutely not a replacement for Scripture. It's a show. Now, however, that's not to diminish the importance of getting things right. We have an obligation to take this seriously. We're talking about the Son of God here, a show inspired by Holy Scripture.
1: He's absolutely right. If this show is inspired by Holy Scripture, he better be taking it seriously. And it better be accurate in portraying who Jesus is and who the authors of the Bible are.
2: Ultimately, the show needs to speak for itself. You should absolutely judge the show and make sure it doesn't violate your conscience or contradict the character of Christ or the intentions of scripture. I know I do. But if it passes the test and you love it, then stay focused on the content and not on the flawed people who made it, including me. I'm just a flawed man and filmmaker trying to tell God's stories in a fresh way.
1: We don't need a fresh or new way to tell stories in the Bible. And if it passes the test is the most important thing if it's accurate.
0: Okay, so what are the specific issues with The Chosen?
1: I think Biblically did a really good review, and I'll leave that link below. But some of the issues are how the Apostles are portrayed in this show. Simon Peter is often seen mocking John the Baptist by calling him Creepy John. I was standing next to John the Baptizer. Creepy John. (laughs) And he walked by like out of nowhere. And John freaked out. He said, Behold, I'm eating a new bug. Yes. That reminds me of a time with John. Simon calls him Creepy John. Ha ha. No, that's good. I like that. Pardon me if I'm not exactly jumping out of my sandals because Creepy John pointed at someone. was like you're in a war out there with creepy, with. John the Baptizer. This is just disrespectful, considering that we are told that out of all the men born of women, no one has risen greater than John the Baptist.
0: Yeah, that's what Jesus says about John the Baptist. That's not what everybody in the entire world thought about John the Baptist. So does the chosen portray Jesus as calling him Creepy John? The Bible does not say what Peter thought about John the Baptist. Maybe Andrew loved him, but Peter did think he was kind of a weirdo. Maybe. It's a choice for dramatic and creative purposes. So, next.
1: They also depict Simon Peter as a rowdy fighter.
0: <laughs> yes, Peter was non-violent. He did cut off a man's ear once. But in a non-violent kind of way. The one thing Peter was certainly not was a hothead.
1: A frequent drinker. Uh,
0: drinking alone again, Simon?
1: Well, you merchants
0: need wise to help at sea. I need wise to help on land. Oh, oh doesn't drink at the last supper it was grape juice which is why later in the garden he had trouble staying awake because it's an established fact that grape juice makes you a little drowsy when peter was accused of being drunk in the bible he didn't say i've never had a drink in my life he said it's only nine in the morning pretty sure peter drank next
1: a gambler
0: before it was gambling and
1: now it's working and a liar i haven't been honest with you
0: Peter is not a liar. He would never lie. Nowhere in the Bible does Peter ever lie. I'll give you a minute. Peter is actually one of the few disciples where we have explicit scripture that shows him lying. But other than that, spot on. It really is disgusting that the chosen portrayed Peter as a mocker, a gambler, a drinker, and a liar, because here's what the Bible says about Peter. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. One might mistakenly conclude from Scripture, then, that Simon Peter was a sinful man. Your criticism is actually less scripturally sound than the show you're criticizing. But what about the deeper issue? Should we ever take creative liberties? Can we ever fictionally portray Jesus? As one Twitter user put it, quote, I have an idea. Don't try to dramatically portray Jesus at all, and you won't run into problems like this. Scripture is sufficient. Okay, here's what we mean when we say that Scripture is sufficient. Here's a good definition from Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology. The sufficiency of Scripture means that Scripture contained all the words of God he intended his people to have at each stage of redemptive history, and that it now contains all the words of God we need for salvation, for trusting him perfectly, and for obeying him perfectly. So, yes, we don't need the chosen for salvation. We don't need the chosen to trust God perfectly or to obey him perfectly. We don't need it. Scripture is sufficient. But you know what else we don't need? Your tweet. Don't need it. We don't need your tweet for salvation. Don't need it to perfectly trust God or perfectly obey him. Scripture is sufficient. So, why did you tweet? It couldn't be that you thought it was helpful or instructional or edifying. After all, everything extra-biblical is clearly unnecessary. I've never heard a personal testimony that has ever encouraged me in my walk or shown me Christ. I've never listened to a sermon where the preacher put things in a certain way or gave an example or an anecdote that enriched or deepened my understanding of the gospel. That never happens. Because sufficiency of Scripture... The sufficiency of Scripture means that Scripture gives us everything that we need to know in order to be saved and to live righteous lives. And we cannot contradict Scripture, but that doesn't mean we're limited to Scripture. I have an idea. Don't sing songs that aren't direct quotations from the Bible. What's the good of singing Amazing Grace when Scripture is sufficient? Stop telling me your stories about how you came to saving faith in Christ. We don't need your testimonies. Scripture is sufficient. All right, all right. Certain extra-biblical things are okay, but you can't dramatically portray Jesus at all. Well, not only do we dramatize Jesus, but we also should dramatize Jesus in our reading. Let me demonstrate. Let's read a direct quote from Jesus. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Okay, So that was a flat, monotone, drama-less reading. Is that how your pastor reads Scripture? Is that how you read Scripture? Or do you dramatize it? Because the thing is, if you're reading the passage flatly, then you're not really conveying the meaning of it. You're not accurately capturing the essence of what is being spoken. But obviously, if we do dramatize, then there's always going to be some level of interpretation and creative liberty, even in regards to Scripture. Let's read that passage again. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. All right? And how about this? Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Same words. Very different presentations. Simply our inflection can colorize scripture. Part of the reason it can be beneficial to see other dramatic portrayals is because we can get locked in on our own dramatic portrayals and maybe we're not reading it right. Maybe we need to evaluate our own creative liberties and see how that has helped or hindered our understanding of the gospel. Now, I haven't really watched The Chosen, but I know Dallas somewhat and he's not a Mormon. And if his portrayal of Jesus has blessed you, great. If not, all right. But the notion that the endeavor is untoward, or should never be done, is absurd. All right, that's all for today. If you missed last week's episode, that's probably because YouTube doesn't know what fair use means. Uh, Click the link in the TCC Weekly and it'll take you to it. Join my author's Facebook page, follow me on Locals or Twitter, leave a five-star review, like, subscribe, do all the things. And I'll see you next week for more Appropriate in the Culture.